Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Good morning, faithful listeners. Happy Thursday. And since today is Thursday, we are going to be in the New Testament. So for those of you who are new on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode. So I'm thankful that you're here to share a cup of coffee with me as we discuss the New Testament. And we are in Acts chapter 7 today. We're going to be discussing Stephen. And I'm going to break this chapter up into two. So we'll talk about the first portion today. Actually, I might I might break it up into three. It's a very long it's a very long chapter. It's 60 verses long, and the verses are not short verses. So today I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 29, and we'll talk about the first portion of this and hear about Stephen's defense. Where we left off last time, Stephen was a man of great faith. He was a deacon of the widow's ministry, and he had a lot of faith. He had a lot of power, and he was given that power through the Holy Spirit. So he was actually one of the early church members who was performing miracles among the people. Now, of course, the Pharisees didn't like him too much because not only could he perform miracles, and I'm sure they were very jealous of that, they also didn't like Stephen because he was a great debater. And he was debating them on Judaism. And he was proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so because the Pharisees rejected Jesus completely and were very uh, legalistic on their own beliefs, what I mean by that is they were, you know, just doing things unnecessarily, like putting burdens on themselves and on the other people, like saying like, oh, you know, you need to do this on this day and that on that day. And you can't do this. That would be against scripture. That's what I mean by legalism. They were very legalistic. And so they didn't like Stephen because Stephen was teaching about grace, like God's grace. And he was teaching that Jesus was the Messiah. He was teaching that um, the, the temple isn't as necessary as people think it is. He was also teaching that Jesus had fulfilled the Old Testament laws. And so to somebody who did sacrifices every single day, like the Pharisees did, that would have been a very, very offensive message that Stephen was speaking to them. So Stephen was attacking their ideology and they didn't like that too much. So it actually says that the Pharisees started finding false witnesses that would accuse Stephen of something. And also they were spreading lies about Stephen among the temple and stuff to try to get Stephen in trouble. So it actually says that in the last chapter, they seized Stephen. So they arrested him forcefully. And so now he's standing in front of the council, which includes the high priest. And so the false witnesses are coming forward against Stephen and they are, you know, saying all these lies about Stephen. And now we come to Acts chapter 7. So let's go ahead and read Acts 7 verses 1 through 29 today. I'll be reading this out of the W.E.B. The high priest said, are these things so? Stephen said, brothers and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, get out of your land and away from your relatives and come into a land which I will show you. Genesis 12 verse 1. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, and he lived in Haran. From there, when his father was dead, God moved him into his land, where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. 
He promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his offspring after him when he still had no child. God spoke in this way, that his offspring would live as aliens in a strange land and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. I will judge the nation to which they will be in bondage, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. Genesis 15, 13 through 14. He gave them the covenant of circumcision. So Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him in the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs. The patriarchs moved with jealousy against Joseph. God was with him and delivered him out of all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now a famine came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction. Our fathers found no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers the first time. On the second time, Joseph was made known to his brothers and Joseph's race was revealed to Pharaoh. Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all of his relatives, 75 souls. Jacob went down into Egypt and died, himself and our fathers. And they were brought back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a price in silver from the children of Hamer of Shechem. But as the time of the promise came close, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt until there arose a different king who didn't know Joseph. The same took advantage of our race and mistreated our fathers and forced them to throw out their babies so that they wouldn't stay alive. At that time, Moses was born and was exceedingly handsome. He was nourished for three months in his father's house. When he was thrown out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and reared him as her own son. Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was mighty in his words and works. But when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. Seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him who was oppressed, striking the Egyptians. He supposed that his brothers understood that God, by his hand, was giving them deliverance, but they didn't understand. The day following, he appeared to them as they fought and urged them to be at peace again, saying, Sirs, you are brothers. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Exodus 2 verse 14. Moses fled at this saying and became a stranger in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. So you might be wondering why Stephen was just like recounting Jewish history when the Pharisees were accusing him. There's a few reasons for this. The first reason is that Stephen wasn't actually trying to defend himself at all. Even though all these lies were like brought up against Stephen, he ends up stating Jewish history to actually show how the Old Testament supports Christianity. And that was what Stephen was trying to do. Once again, Stephen was very, very set on trying to proclaim the gospel to these Pharisees who were not having it, by the way. And the high priest was there. It actually says in verse one, the high priest said, are these things so? Saying basically to Stephen, like, are all these accusations that we know are false, are they true? <laughs> I mean, the high, the high priest absolutely knew that all these ac accusations were false because it actually says that they were trying to stir up the people and trying to find false witnesses. So of course... The high priest already knew that these accusations were false. And Stephen knew that the high priest knew that these accusations were false, I'm sure. And that's partially why I think Stephen didn't really defend himself is because 
These guys, their minds were already made up. The Pharisees already knew what they were going to do to Stephen. No matter what Stephen said, I am sure the Pharisees wanted him dead, just as they wanted Jesus dead. Back in the book of John, when Jesus was put on trial by these same Pharisees, by the way, Jesus basically said to them, like, no matter what I say, it's not going to convince you. So there's no point even trying to defend myself, basically. And I think Stephen understood this to some extent because he doesn't really try to defend himself. He's once again just proclaiming the gospel. Now, the amount of boldness that Stephen had in this circumstance is just absolutely phenomenal. It just kind of shows how when we have the Holy Spirit and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, how much boldness we can really have to spread the gospel and not be afraid of the outcome of spreading the gospel. And so Stephen has this insane amount of boldness. Now, the other thing that's going on here, which you guys might have forgotten about, and I almost forgot about, was that Stephen's face was actually glowing. <laughs> At this point in time, I think I would assume his his face was like glowing with God's glory because uh, it actually said in at the very end of the last chapter that when the Pharisees looked at Stephen, his face looked like the face of an angel. And to me, that just reminds me of Moses coming down the mountain and Moses's face was glowing because of God's glory. I, I just assumed that maybe Stephen's face was also glowing and radiating God's glory. But for some reason, this does not deter the Pharisees. Now, if I saw something like that, I would be like, um, I think we definitely should not be messing with this guy. <laughs> but uh, it does not have that effect on the Pharisees. So the Pharisees are like, are these things so? Oh, there's a little deer in my backyard. Ah, okay. I'm sorry, guys. It's very cute. It's a little baby. Okay, so Stephen says to them, he, he starts in verse 2 to verse 8, giving a history of Abraham. Now, of course, Abraham was like the patriarch, right? He was the father of Israel. So he was revered among the Pharisees. And so he says, brothers and fathers, listen. It's interesting that he calls them brothers and fathers because he, he is showing them respect here by calling them fathers. You know, fathers have authority over you, right? And so he, he calls them brothers and fathers, giving them respect. Listen, the glory of God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, get out of your land away from your relatives and come into a land which I will show you from Genesis 12, verse one. So Abraham listened is what he says in verse four. And uh, he went and lived in that foreign land. Now, the reason Stephen begins his account with Abraham is because Abraham was the founding father, basically, of Judaism. And the fact that God came directly to Abraham to talk to Abraham kind of shows that the temple really wasn't necessary anymore for the Jews in order to get close to God. Now, this would have been insulting, I think, for the Pharisees to hear this because they believed that um, great honor was supposed to be given to the temple where people were supposed to go to the temple 
and perform the daily sacrifice and listen to the readings and give money. And uh, basically honor was supposed to be given to the temple. But Stephen is kind of saying like God can appear to anybody, anywhere, not just in the temple. And that's the thing. The spirit of God at this point in time, when Stephen is saying this, did not reside in the temple. When Jesus died on the cross and that crazy earthquake happened, the temple veil was actually ripped in two from top to bottom. In other words, God like reached down and literally ripped it from top to bottom. And the veil was a very, very thick veil that was supposed to contain God's glory or the Holy Spirit. And when the veil was torn, it was symbolism that the Holy Spirit was no longer residing in the temple, but that the Holy Spirit was going to be given to anybody who called on Jesus's name. So the fact that Stephen here mentions the Holy Spirit appearing to Father Abraham might have been kind of irritating to the Pharisees here. And uh, actually, Stephen is going to go a lot more in depth about how the Holy Spirit did appear to these patriarchs many times and that the Holy Spirit can be given out to people as evidenced by the Old Testament, basically. So he says, uh, God appeared to Abraham. Abraham listened to God and left his family's home and became an alien in the land that the Israelites now have, even to this day, by the way. And Abraham had faith, even though Abraham had no children, God promised Abraham that through Abraham's offspring, God would give Abraham's family the land that Abraham was now living in as a foreigner. And so it says uh, Abraham had faith, basically, in verse 8, God gave him the covenant of circumcision. We talked about all of that on the podcast before about how the first covenant or the first promise that God ever gave his people was the covenant or promise of circumcision. So the circumcision was not something that men did back in those days. <laughs> it was unheard of. Okay. And so God giving Abraham circumcision was a way to not only expand Abraham's life and the life of his children, his male children down the line, but also to set Abraham and his male children apart as different, as set apart, right? Because the nations around Abraham would never have done circumcision. So God gave Abraham circumcision. And it says, Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised Isaac on the eighth day. And then Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs who became the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, remember the circumcision, because uh, later on in this chapter, Stephen's going to go a little bit more in depth, in depth with uh, circumcision. So then in verses 9 through 16, Stephen goes into Joseph's story. And he says, you know, the 12 patriarchs were so jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. God was with Joseph. There it is again. The Holy Spirit was there with Joseph, protecting him, delivering him, and giving Joseph wisdom to stand in front of the Pharaoh and to tell the Pharaoh not only about God, but also what the Pharaoh's dream meant. Because the Pharaoh at that time had this crazy dream, didn't know what it meant, wanted it interpreted, and Joseph, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. 
And so the Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph's wisdom through the Holy Spirit, by the way, that he actually gave Joseph a position of great honor. He was second in command of all of Egypt. The only one above Joseph was actually Pharaoh. And after Joseph's family was reunited with Joseph, after selling him into slavery, by the way, and notice that Stephen mentioned the jealousy of the patriarchs. Because I think the, the Pharisees really struggled with almost like worshiping the patriarchs in a sense. And scripture kind, kind of alludes to that in a way that the Pharisees really, really honored the patriarchs. When they were sinners, they were human beings, the same as the Pharisees, the same as you and I. And uh, even Christians nowadays, I think, look at some biblical people in the Bible and they're just like, oh, that person is perfect. But in actuality, the only perfect human being ever to live is Jesus Christ. And so Stephen pointing out the faults of some of these patriarchs, I think, might have irked the Pharisees a little bit in this council. So there's multiple things going on where Stephen is irking the Pharisees currently. First, Stephen is kind of showing that the Holy Spirit does not reside in the temple because the Holy Spirit has been mentioned multiple times now, and also pointing out faults with the patriarchs as well. So then Stephen goes into, you know, the, the slaves here in Egypt and goes into Moses's story and how God basically called Moses to be the leader of Israel from the time Moses was a baby. And yet the Israelites rejected Moses right off the bat. <laughs> and so Stephen goes into that story as well, saying, you know, Moses was clearly called in every way to be the leader of Israel of that time period. And yet the Israelites fully rejected Moses. So you can see where this is kind of going here. You know, Stephen is kind of showing the Pharisees that they're kind of falling into the same trap that the Israelites in the Old Testament fell into with rejecting those called by God. So for example, Moses was called by God and Stephen is going into uh, Moses's amazing birth story about how Moses was rejected and yet um, he was a beautiful baby and this caused Pharaoh's daughter to want to raise him. And so Moses was raised in Pharaoh's household and was able to learn and get a very good education in Pharaoh's household. And yet, even after all of that, the Israelites still rejected Moses. So there's multiple things now that Stephen is doing to irritate the Pharisees with just scriptural references. And that's what shows how the Pharisees didn't care about scripture. Stephen is doing nothing but quoting story after story as it happened in the Old Testament. He's quoting actual verses. He's quoting Exodus chapter 2, verse 14. He's quoting Genesis 15, 13 and 14. He's quoting Genesis 12, verse 1. He's quoting scriptural references and scriptural stories. And yet the Pharisees are not having it. And that shows where the Pharisees' hearts really are. They don't care about scripture. They didn't care about anything except their own ideologies. And unfortunately, that is true with some Christians, not all, but some Christians nowadays. Their ideologies are more important than what scripture really says. Legalism is very dangerous and it's still very prevalent among the church nowadays. Because legalism teaches that you have to do 
this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing in order to actually be close to God. But that's not the truth. The truth is that we are all terrible sinners. Every single one of us, me included, we are all terrible sinners who have fallen short of God. And yet God sent Jesus down to earth so that we can be saved, so that we can actually be in right standing with God so that someday we can live in heaven with Jesus, with God. But the Pharisees were going to reject that gospel message that Stephen is about to tell them because the Pharisees were too focused on their own legalism. They were too focused on what they wanted to believe in rather than what scripture actually said. Now, I might get myself in trouble here, (laughs) but I do believe that is one way you can tell if somebody has a heart for God or not, actually, is if they hear truths directly from scripture and they get angry about it, that might mean that that person is either a false teacher or a false prophet or they have some sort of sin in their life that they don't want to hear about or worst case scenario, they're not a Christian, even though they claim to be one. And I'm not going to say that um, (laughs) that's necessarily the case because there's been times where I've heard scripture and I don't want to hear it because we're human, right? But if somebody regularly just tries to twist scripture like the Pharisees were doing, or if somebody regularly hears scripture but actually gets angry and tries to refute it, that might be a good indication that that person is not who they claim to be. So these Pharisees are revealing what's truly inside of their hearts here when Stephen is speaking scriptural truths to them. But as we're going to find out, they become so angry at Stephen for Stephen's words that they literally take him out into the streets and stone him to death. Faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the podcast, share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists because word of mouth is such an excellent way to get the podcast out there. And it's also a great way to evangelize. But faithful listeners, I'm just going to let you all go with a happy listening and God bless.